You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. Welcome to the Influencers in Accounting podcast with me, Rob Brown. On behalf of the Accounting Influencers Podcast Network, we have shows going out every day of the week to professional executives, particularly in the accounting world. And I'm thrilled to have with me today a special guest back for the second time. It's Nancy Fox. Hello, Nancy. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here. Nancy, we spoke on our last episode, and we'll put that in the show notes here, about how to build a successful network on LinkedIn. Let's just summarize for the listeners who haven't checked that out yet. What were the key points that came out of that in today's crazy world? I want to boil it really down very simply. Consistency, but it's hard to be consistent when you don't know what to be consistent about. You really need a unique value proposition, a point of distinction. You have to stand out. You can't just be a full-service account accountant anymore. You have to have a point of difference. So the unique value proposition is really critical. And then having it be represented in your banner and in your headline and your tagline on LinkedIn is a really, really important starting point. Then you can start doing a lot of posting and a lot of following of others because your message will be in alignment with your, your unique value proposition. And we talked about the importance, didn't we, in today's world of career transition, of being noticed, of getting on the radars of people have been intentional and you talked about Harvey McKay's quote, dig your well before you're thirsty. So this is not a time to be a well-kept secret. It's not a time to be isolated. It's not a time to sit back in your in your bunker and wait for the world to discover you because that's not going to happen, is it? No, I mean, and it's getting noisier and noisier and more and more crowded every day. So how do you break through all the fog and all the noise? It's really, that is why... Um, the messaging and the specificity is so important. Are you an expert on business development particularly? You've got a, a real heritage of networking and, and generating new opportunities. We're going to talk to you today about discovery calls, that idea of outreach and kickstarting conversations, attracting people to talk to you, making that first call meeting, whatever it is, effective, and then following up from there. So where do we start with this? Because this outreach is, is a key starting point, I guess. So let's let's just assume a couple of points here. One, um, you what your service is is not a low ticket offer in the world in the mind of the consumer once somebody engages an accountant or a professional they're making an investment at a at an appreciable level it's not a five or twenty dollar you know you're not buying you know an alexa on amazon right it's not that you're really they're getting into a relationship with you where there's a service being provided and so a discovery call is a conversation with a potential client that is not going to be a low ticket offer. So in other words, you're not hitting the buy button and buying a $50 course online. So let's create that distinction. Um, the first step before the discovery call can ever happen, there needs to be a warm up. There needs to be, they have to sort of get to know you. Either it's a referral or it's a networking conversation. It's really a good idea to have a bit of warm up before a discovery call where they have some idea who you are, what you're about, a general picture 
about why they're going to have a discovery call with you because a discovery call is generally <clears throat> a conversation that is about them and what is available for them and it's usually at least a 45 minute just you know conversation now some potential clients might take more than one discovery call it might take two it usually should never take more than three if it's taking more than if it's getting to the third discovery call and it's still ongoing you either got to do something to move it to have them get to a decision tree a yes or a no um or you need to realize that this is just going to be more it's just going to be a time suck right but the first discovery call how to really attract them and how to engage with them successfully most people are absolutely untrained in this they have no there's no prep for it there's no i mean i've worked with a lot of firms where they would get into pitch quote unquote pitch meetings which would be their word for discovery calls with clients and they would even have prep meetings or they didn't even have preparation meetings for what they were going to do in those meetings and, and they didn't have any debrief afterward either. It was just like, we're going to go in and share our wonderfulness and our brilliance and they're going to hire us. And it doesn't go like that. It doesn't, that's not what business owners, it's not how they operate today. They're very discerning. They have a lot of information at their fingertips. They've already, most people, you know, have done a lot of research on you before they ever get to the discovery call. They won't even take a discovery call with you without some research on you. So you need to recognize that you want to start giving them some very good intel about you that you've designed, that you've actually led them through to warm them up. I'll give you a really good example um, of somebody that it, it's just a really good example of how this goes. Um, I did a an email marketing campaign about a new service that I was offering. I was, I was showing professionals how to um, use VIP strategy days to elevate their uh, their revenue generation and their income and do it in a shorter period of time. And at the same time, make their clients very, very uh, connected to them and bonded to them. And a professional reached out to me and said, you know, um, I, I read your email. I'd like to learn more about it. Discovery call, right? So we got on a discovery call and I found out that this person was a senior, senior, senior level executive considering starting a fractional uh, business for the very first time. And it was a great conversation. And he asked me what my fees were. He said, what does it take to work with you? And he asked me what my fees were. And uh, before I gave him my fees, I, I did some qualification. I said, I'm more interested in how do you feel about us working together? I really got down to, did he feel it was fit? What was his timing? And this is where it got very interesting. He said, um, I pretty much know, I pretty much know when I'm going to work with someone when I'm not. So I already knew that this person was decisive. And I knew by this time he pretty much had made his decision about yes or no about me. Um, I didn't go any deeper on that. But what I did say to him, I said, well, what's your, what's your urgency level? What's your timing? He said, I've got some time. I'm going to do some exploration. I have some assessments to make in my own personal life. But I'm looking at within the next couple of months, two, three months. So I now knew, now there are some people who would have tried to um, accelerate his decision, but I knew that that wasn't right with this person. Um, it was an understanding of his psyche. So we discussed the money. He didn't flinch at the money. I knew, because I knew what his income level was and I knew what he was willing to invest. And um, 
this is what he did. I want you all to really, this is really inf interesting information. He came, he watched, he posted, he watched every single one of my posts. He engaged with almost every single one of my posts. He came to every networking event and he came to, and he attended every one of my live presentations and he watched my webinar all the way through. I was able to notice that. Then when I sent out my next email marketing campaign about this, he reached out and booked a second discovery call. And that is when he engaged. But I knew, I knew he was watching because I watched his, I watched his behavior. You can see people who are serious and you can see people who are not. There are people who are just exploring, they're curious. Um, and so you need to discern on a discovery call, are, is this a must have for them? Or is it a nice have to them? Where are they on the continuum of it? And not to feel like every discovery call is going to close. It's not. You want to work with people who are ready, willing, and able to work with you. And every accountant or service professional will have some kind of sales process and a way of dealing with inquiries that are generated, say, through a website or a piece of content, or whether they've been introduced to them by referral, or whether they've gone out and met them at a networking event. So they then go into some kind of funnel, some kind of process, and at some point, you've got to get around a table or on a Zoom call or, and have a conversation. So... In terms of the structure for that, Nancy, is there a set agenda? Do you send that agenda out in advance? What does that look like? The very first thing you need to do before you ever get into a discovery conversation is you need to research the person thoroughly or the company thoroughly. You need to do a lot of background. You need to find out a lot about that person. You need to follow them. You need to really look at their LinkedIn presence, their company presence. You need to look at all their employees. You really need to understand what they're about. Get as much intel as you possibly can. That's number one. I never get into a discovery conversation without really researching. The second thing I do before anybody, uh, before I ever take a discovery call, I give people a questionnaire, very brief, but I wanna understand what they want out of the call, what their background is and what their urgency level is. So I pre-qualify them. I'll take almost every discovery call as a, because I consider it to be a good networking effort. But if I know that they're mm, sort of dancing a little bit or just being a, a tire kicker, I just keep the conversation more brief than I would if, we're, if I know that they're really serious. That all comes out, that can come out through the, through the questionnaire. But then the most, I do have a structure. It's a, it's a five-step structure that I teach our clients about how to direct the discovery call. Um, it's not a, there is a script, but the script is only there to help you practice and learn and, and be able to feel comfortable. It's not to, meant to be a script that you use as a robot, but you get just to have a structure um, and then the most important thing is to, in, in one section of that structure, it's called uncovering. And in uncovering, that's where you ask the deepest questions. And you never go to the next step until you've gotten every bit of information on the uncovering part completely flat, completely clear, because that is where people mislead themselves. Very often, they misinterpret interest for readiness to engage. Interest is not the same thing as commitment. My, the, the example I just gave you was he was interested until he was committed. He wasn't committed until he was the second discovery call and he had to get ready to be committed. He wasn't committed, he was interested. He was very interested, but he wasn't committed. And, and I knew that he needed to um, 
I knew that he was eager enough to educate himself. And I was watching that that education level was consistent. So my point to you is not everybody's going to be committed to get, getting to get to get going with you or someone. They have to they need to be warmed up. And it's in that uncovering stage that you will learn just how true that is. Now, if they're not ready now, doesn't mean they're never going to be ready. That's when you need to keep the relationship going. That's when you need to keep nurturing and nurturing and nurturing if you want to work with them. There's so many good things in there, Nancy. And uh, one of them jumps out at me is that you are making them do a little bit beforehand with a survey. So you, you're getting a gesture of commitment from them so that they're not getting something for free and they're valuing what they're walking into because it has to count for something. And th that's an important step, isn't it? It's so important. If they're not willing to answer a few prep questions that are brief, it'll take you under a minute to answer this questionnaire. They're not willing to do that. That's good information. It's good intel. What do you do with, in the UK, we would call them bolshi. Uh, but those very firm, determined uh, inquirers, shall we say, that want to lead the conversation, they want to get on that call. They want to say, okay, who are you? Tell me what you do. Tell me what you charge. Tell me what I get out of it. Tell me why you're worth it. They're dictating the agenda. They're leading the conversation. But you are the one. You're the expert. You have to lead that somehow, don't you, and grasp control? Great question. That's really a good one. Um, when that happens... It's really good intel for you. That's how they're going to be as clients. So how, what I would say to somebody like that, I would pause and I would say, you're, you're asking me some very important questions. And I would say, how important is it for you um, to work with someone where you have more control? Is it important for you? Do you want to, do you feel that you, you want more control in the relationship? And then I would listen to the answer. I would listen to how they respond. Because if they're put off by that, it's very good. You're not going to have a fun con. How fun is it going to be when they are not listening to your advice, when they're not responding to your request for the information that you need to complete the work for them? How fun is that going to be? How much uh, stress and pressure is going to put on you? Isn't that good information for you to like say, hey, maybe we're not a great fit. I think you lo you're looking for someone um, that might not be me. Maybe I'm happy to refer you and, and really push back on that person in a, in a very respectful, polite way, because after all, you want them to be happy with who they work with and you want to be happy with who you work with. I'm just thinking of all the conversations I've had with accountants that have failed to do that. They failed to educate their clients in the early stages. They failed to set expectations on behaviors. They failed to set out what a good client looks like and what's going to be asked of them. And as a result, they get into conversations where the client is demanding things or not doing what they're supposed to do, not paying on time, pushing back on fees and increases, adding in extra services, scope creep, all of these things. And you're nodding here in the video. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. All of it. Okay. So I, I'm not going to be very popular with you it's <laughs> because it's because, um, you're not setting it up for yourself properly, but it's not your fault because nobody ever taught this to you. When, they didn't teach this to you in accounting school. And so um, in some firms will give education to their accountants on business development, but some firms do not. And so they leave it to you to figure this out on your own. And I just wanna say that even if you've never decided to become a rainmaker, it's still good 
for you to get, if you're going to go into any kind of business development pitch meetings or discovery calls with clients, it's to your own advantage to have, to set some boundaries, to set some guidelines, to work with people who will respect and value you. It's just the way you deserve that. And you need, no one ever, nobody, you know, sends you to networking school. I have, you know, they don't do that in college. They should, but they don't. Listen, we know that there's a lot of things in life that we don't learn in college that we should. They don't teach you that you need to have a, we have a little bit of, you know, understanding of psychology when you're working with clients, because this is a people business. So either you're going to be working for them or they're going to be working for you. Which is it going to be? Nancy, take us to the latter stages of a discovery call. So there is a fit. There's some chemistry. They're resonating with your message. They're expressing interest in what you're doing. A typical accounting sales cycle would say, okay, that's great. I'll go away. I'll crunch some numbers. I'll send you a proposal. I'll put the fees on it and all of this stuff. Whereas other people might say, okay, well, it costs this much for me and we can get started and you'll just need to do this. So what does that latter stage of a discovery call look like in best practice? Affinity is there. You can feel it. They can feel it. They'll say, so what's the next step usually? And then you'll say, so the next step is the first thing I want to ask you is how ready do you, do you want to work together? Number one, well, let's take money off the table. Do you want to work together? If they say yes, it's yes. And there might be a, but so you can't just assume that it's yes. Because a yes might be, well, it depends on how much you charge. Yeah, that's right. So first you want to know, do they want, do they like the idea of working with you? That's a firm. If they've hesitated at all, it's not yes. If you can hear any hesitation, it's not yes. So listen, if it's a slight, if it's a definitive fast yes, then they'll say, what is it? You know, tell me the details. And then you can say, the first thing I want to know is um, what is your timing? You want to get them to give you the timing. You want to also say, what is your budget? Have you set a budget for working with your professional? If they say, no, we really haven't set a budget, which is very often true, they still have a number in their mind. And they do because they've been, they just have a number. And so you really need to sort of have this money conversation. That's a tricky conversation, but it needs to be had. And you need to say, the next piece of it is we really need to talk about if you really want to work together, providing that the money, we're in alignment on the money, on the, on the fees, um, would you want to work together? And is your timing now? Great. Let's just, just get that on the table. Then you get into the money conversation. The money conversation, you have to decide, are you going to let them run your business or are you going to, are they going to sell you or are you going to sell them? And that is only, listen, more, uh, more often than not, you, you have let them sell you. So you have to decide what is it worth to you? What do you, but I, I will tell you that if you let them set your fees, you're going to be grinding it away for them and you will be tolerating a lot. So you have to decide what you're worth. And that strategy about, it isn't just about comparing apples to apples with an accountant. The way to really get the fees that you want is to add value to them. And I will tell you that 90% of the accountants do not have enough conversations throughout the year with their clients. Just that alone, just understanding their business alone, just asking them really great questions about their business, just developing a relationship without, with them throughout the year would be, a major, would be a major advantage and would be great value add. So that's a bigger question, but I will tell you that the first and most important thing is to really find out how, how ready they are, how committed they are, and making sure 
that they are a really a yes without any buts. Because even with money, if they really want you versus someone else, they're going to find the money. Nancy, what happens after the discovery call? We come into this concept of ghosting sometimes where there is an expression of interest. Maybe you do have to send a proposal or they have to get something signed off or make the business case for it with somebody else. And there's this period of inactivity or radio silence, or you don't want to chase too hard and appear desperate, but you don't want to be hands off and let the whole thing slide. So talk to us a little bit about that post-discovery call phase. First, I want to say something really important about proposals. Um, it's, remember this, it's very easy for people to re ask you for a proposal. There's no skin off their nose. You might have somebody who writes proposals for you and you don't think it's a big deal, but it is a big deal because there is, a, there is a tone being set by that. Tell them that you do not send proposals until a few things are established. You get them to agree to send you their information. <laughs> and if they do not, if they, now by the way, let's remember business owners do not wanna send you information. It's not because they are so reticent or hiding. They're lazy, they, are, they want business, they want sales, they want marketing. They don't care about this stuff. They hate it. So tell them you'll help them get information together more easily and it'll take all the pressure off of them. That's number one, that you want tell them you want to help them get set up so that things life is easier for them, that they'll never have to deal with this misery in the future and then help them do it. But tell them that you're not working with them until they send you information. And if you get the right information from them, you can supply the right quote or proposal or price in return. No proposal. We don't do that. That's not our policy. We don't send we don't send proposals without having a few pieces in place to support you. When we get that, then we know that we're really both moving in the right direction, that we together are moving in the right direction. It is not just for us, it is for you too. And that's that's how you say it. That takes a lot of the indecision out for both the accountant and the potential client that they're talking to because we need to know next steps right it's easy to ask for a proposal i call it the dangling proposal it's miserable following up with people miserable and there's no ghost in there because you're waiting for them to give you the information and then you may put something in front of them for them to consider and at that point the deal either gets done or it doesn't yeah the way we do it with our clients is we actually say okay here are the points that we've agreed on and if you're agreed on this, I'm going to just send you the client agreement. And if you don't want the client agreement, then I won't send it to you. If you're not ready to sign, tell me right now. It's okay. It's okay. Nancy, this has been terrific. Uh, just in closing, is there anything about discovery calls that I haven't asked you that would be really important for our audience to hear about? Any little nugget that we've missed of? Have we covered pretty much everything here that we could? Um, a couple of things. Um, I just want to underscore. You really have to learn how to ask probing um, open-ended questions in the uncovering and keep learning to get better at that. If you need help, reach out to me. I'm happy to chat with you about that. I'll have a discovery call with you about strategy for that. But that is number one. Number two, I've done a couple of trainings on this um, on my LinkedIn page on discovery calls, how to attract them and how to run them. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And we've had so many requests about that, that we're even thinking of doing a mini, a mini training on this, like a one month training to help you be really successful in discovery calls. So if that's something that interests you, I'd love to get feedback from you about that. If that's something you'd like to learn how to do in a very short window of time, really, you know, focus kind of training, I'd love to be, you know, sharing with, with people and have you guys be more successful with that. 
Well, Nancy, this has been tremendous. We'll put all your contact details in our show notes. People can go to fractionals.ai. Is that correct? Correct. And find me on LinkedIn. I'm forward slash Nancy Fox Fractional. If our audience are not more educated on the best way to do discovery calls and outreach and really make those precious calls count, then they've not properly been listening. We thank you so much and appreciate your passion and your insights. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. Thanks, everybody. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. Thank you.